You're listening to the Mother FN Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Everyone, we have a special guest this week. We have Cassie Hawkins Leone with us. She is a former foster child adopted when she was a teenager, and we thought you all might like to hear her story. Hi. So, hi, Cassie. Welcome to the Mother Effin Podcast. Thanks. In about five minutes, can you tell us your whole life story? Yeah. I was raised by my dad and my grandma. My mom was never in the picture. She was, um, she was an addict. At about 12, I uh, went to school one day and I decided to tell my best friend what was going on, what was happening at home. My dad was um, physically abusing me, sexually abusing me, and just neglecting me all the way around. So just one morning I woke up and I was like, I realized, I don't know how old I was when I realized what he was doing wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just woke up one morning and I was like, I can't do this. Something's not right. Mm -hmm. So I went to school. I told my best friend and she said, do you want to tell my parents? And I said, yeah, let's go tell your parents. So after school, we went to her house. Um, We called her mom and her mom came home. And when both of her parents were home, um, we were sitting around the kitchen table and I just told them what happened uh, the night before. And they, you know, they asked how long has this been going on? And I was like, pretty much for as long as I could remember. Oh man. And so they asked me, do you know what you're telling us? Do you, do you know what you're saying? And from what I gathered, I'm like, they're asking me if I know I probably will never go home again. Mm. So I told them, yeah, I know. They called the police and then police came, took me and it was pretty much from there. (laughs) Damn, okay. That's a record. I'm crying already. All right. You didn't, like, they called the police that night? They called the police that night. I I remember it being dark. I don't know what time it was. I think it was pretty late because when, you know what, I don't even remember if it was, I remember leaving with the police officer. And I remember being put in the back of the car. And I don't know if it was a police car or, like, a detective car or something, but... I immediately thought I was in trouble. Oh, oh man. Because, no. you know, when you go in the back of a police yeah. car, you're, yeah. you're in trouble. So I'm in the back of the police car and we're, dri- and we're driving. And you know when you're young and our drive seems like forever. Yeah. It, they took me to Long Beach. It's really not mm. that far. But I went to Long Beach and they uh, everybody was asleep in that house. So I'm assuming it was late. And when I woke up the next morning, there was just a bunch of kids and like some adults. And I, I, I didn't have anything with me. Just, you know, just the clothes on my back. Did you ever get to go back home and get anything? Or you Never. So you you went to school that day knowing you were going to say something. Yeah, but I didn't think. I thought I was just going to stay with my best friend and her family. I thought I would just stay there and they would go and arrest my dad. They didn't oh. even arrest my dad ever. Yeah. What? Ever. Yeah. I hate the system. What was going through your head? Like you woke up going, okay, I can't take this anymore, mm-hmm. which good for you. That's a hard thing to come to at 12 years old. Yeah. Going, well, okay, I no longer need this abuse. Yeah. And that night it was, it was a different kind of, it was very violent. It was never super violent before. Like he, he had choked me once um, when I like back talked mm-hmm. or he, you know, he would um, hit me with belts sometimes, but this time was, this time was a violent. He picked up a TV and he threw it across the room. Oh my gosh. And at that point I was like, now I'm, I'm scared. Like I'm scared. He's, either going to hurt me enough that I'm, he's going to kill me or um, that's pretty much what I thought. And I was just like, I don't want to die. Like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. What were your thoughts going through your head as you were driving to this new group home that you were going to? It wasn't the plane that you thought, like you thought, okay, I'm going to live with my best friend, which would be a lot of fun. And it went to, oh crap, I'm 
going somewhere where I have no clue where I'm going and what's going to happen. You know, honestly, I think there there wasn't really much going through my head. All I could feel was I was scared mm-hmm. because I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know. I mean, for all I knew, I was going to jail. Nobody explained anything to you, which they probably should have. Yeah. So when I got to the house, I'm like, oh, I'm at a house. You know, I have a bed. And it wasn't like that. <laughs> I was like, we woke up the next morning and nobody had anything. Like all of their things were locked up in an elevator. What? Oh. Yeah. And if you like, I remember my roommate at the time, literally the only thing we were allowed to have and what they gave us was a Bible. Wow. Yeah. That was all that we we were allowed to have in our rooms with us. Were you in a home with like uh, more troubled girls? I'm assuming. And okay. it wasn't just girls. It was girls and boys. Oh. So one one hall would be girls and the hall other were boys. And in the mix of that hall was like a meeting room. Mm-hmm. In the middle of both of their, hall, where their halls meet was a meeting room. And um, that's where like the adult watcher would be. Mm. There was like a community bathroom for the girls and a community bathroom for the boys. So it was dorm style with nothing of your stuff yeah, whatsoever. Exactly. How long were you there for? It, very quick. It wasn't very long. Um, I remember um, my best friend calling me one night and I told her, like, you guys got to get me out of here. I don't know what's going on, but we had like like specific chores we had to do every day and mm-hmm. we would get like spe- like tallies. And if you got a certain amount of tallies, you were able to get like some money from your... Um, like your money pot yeah, with that people would send you. You would be able to get some money to buy some things or you could have movie time. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't, it was so strange to me. Um, so I remember talking to her. I was like, you guys got to get me out of here. And the next thing I knew, I was I was out of there. When you, okay, So just, maybe like a maybe a week, but I swear to God, it felt so much longer. And that's just like a weird question about it. Like, what about your clothes? Did they give you more clothes or did you just have the set on your body? Like for sh- bathing with their towels? You know, like... If you came with nothing, not critical, just like, how does this exist? How do they, they manage all these kids coming through? Um, I was, we, I had visitors okay. throughout that week I was there. And um, like I, my grandma came to visit me one day and she left, I believe she brought me clothes and she okay. left me some cash and stuff. I had, I was able to get some clothes at okay. that point. But. Okay. Good. What did, what did your grandmother say when she came? Like, oh, we're going to try to get you back or. No, she was just like. I'm sorry, I didn't know this was going on, which is funny because we, I mean, we lived with her. Do you believe most that? Most of my, yes. Um, I think if she suspect, if she suspected it, she was probably telling herself it wasn't happening. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? She was turning like a, so not turning a blind eye, but just not wanting to acknowledge. Yeah. Either that or she really had no idea. Okay. She knew that he could be physically abusive. Um, he was also a, a drug addict too. Oh, gotcha. So she knew that he could be physically abusive, but um, she didn't know about the the sexual abuse at all. And she didn't at all like fight for you at all? Nope. So she was dating a guy um, at the time who didn't like kids. That's a keeper. Yeah. yeah. She recently has told me that my dad told her if she ever tried to get custody, he would go after her or something. I don't know if I really believe that, but but even so, I think you should still try. Yeah. Is this your dad's mom? This is my dad's mom. So I, that's like that weird psychological thing of her own battle of not saying that she's right. She should have fought for you because you were her granddaughter. And yeah. A loved one of hers. 
I don't know how I would feel if I go, I created that. Like I had a say in that, in her own denial and her own like process of trying to deal with the fact that she raised. Yeah. I'm going to assume that the grandfather was either like not really part of the picture. No, or he died great. when I was five. Gotcha. And maybe there's also some demons there. Cause yeah, you know, he was an alcoholic and he was physically abusive. So this is almost like the life she knew. So she yeah. probably didn't realize how crappy it was. It's like you were a long young girl going, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, until one day you go, Oh, this is not right. This yeah. is not what happens at all. Yeah. You know, I told, I think I was about eight or nine when I went to school one day with um, my hand marker on my neck and I told my teacher, like my, my dad hit, you know, she goes, what happened to you? And I said, you, well, my dad hits me and he chokes me and they called the police and the police did nothing. Mm. I know. So I'm like, well, imagine if the police actually did something then. Yeah. But I don't I, know if it's necessarily police or even social workers or whatnot, because we've heard stories. Chris has some friends that are police officers in LAPD and they're like, we will call. And we were like this, we will detain kids. And then all of a sudden the kids are back because the social workers, I like, guess not enough grounds. It's not enough, whatever. Mm -hmm, yeah. Again, he told me the story about one time he went into this drug dealing house and there was kids and it was like infested with ants and roaches and there was like moldy food and no heat. And like the kids were like, and she's like they took him and they were like, well, there's no physical abuse. And it's like, that's what are you talking yeah. about? Like these kids needs are not being met, but yeah. like the yeah. system's so saturated that it's like, who knows? Well, there's nowhere the for ball. them to go is the problem. Yeah. yeah. And and I know with mine, there had been notes before, like, like my son has stories where like the police would pick him up and, and then he would be brought back home eventually. And it wasn't until that final time that the police picked him up for good. But the police were in and out of their lives yeah. quite a bit growing up. And it's just, as you said, at some points, it has to be unfortunately bad enough yeah. to Sucks. demand it. Though my kids love the police officers because they're like, they give us teddy bears, yeah. they buy us McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like, do you think they buy all kids McDonald's? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but maybe. So for my kids, you know, they I thank the police officers that picked them up because they made it a lot less terrifying. I will say the social workers did not explain what was happening to them. Mm. Like uh, probably in your situation. And then they suddenly were all together because they were in separate places. And then they were in a car and they were driven very far away and brought into a house. Did a social worker come see you at all in that week that you were there? Did they come talk to you? I don't believe so. Which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't believe so. When I was taken out of the home, I was br actually brought to a just a, a foster family home. Mm -hmm. And I knew them. Oh. Growing up, uh, I went to church growing up with my grandma. And there was a lady at that church that was a foster mom. And she had two two girls, two mm -hmm. foster girls. They were sisters. And we were all friends. So my grandma must have told somebody, like, listen, I know mm -hmm. a foster family. Let's yeah. put her. Can we put her there? The lady said, yeah. So I went to go live with them for a Oh, what a blessing yeah. to, like, at least know a little bit yeah. of where you're going. And they know you, at least. Like yeah. It was still weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, it's still like, okay, you know, I'm here with friends, but I'm still not, I'm still living with. Well, you're still a guest. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember with the girls, we woke up until like day three, we were like, oh my shit, we're doing this every day. <laughs> but for a while, we're like, oh, we're just babysitting. <laughs> like, it yeah. just didn't. So I can't imagine the flip side of a foster kid going, okay, I'm just being a guest. Like, I'm just going to stay here for a little while, like on a little vacation. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was just, I, I didn't know when I was going to leave, but I knew I wasn't staying. Oh. I knew that wasn't like a thing where I was going to stay. But pretty much like everything 
my day-to-day life was normal. I got to stay at my state, the same school I was going to before. Mm. Although we were still, I was living in a different city at the time than I was before. I was able to stay in the same school. That's awesome. It's great. But you know, my dad knew that. And so he would come to the school and he'd be like, you know, um, I need to take my daughter out for the day. Luckily the school knew what was going on. So they were like, no, you don't, you know, that's not going to happen. That's probably why today don't allow that to really happen because parents. Yeah. How often did he try while you're at school? Like a couple times and then gave up? At school, probably a couple times. I think I lived with them maybe six months because I wasn't even with them a full school year. Mm. What ended up happening was my best friend's parents went and got their foster care license. Oh. I was wondering what happened because I don't know what I would do. I would be like, can I be kinship? Like what? I don't want you. Like I would almost almost not call. Like one of you just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, So they went and got their foster care license and I ended up going to live with them. That's awesome. What good people. Yeah. That's amazing. Was there any moment when your dad would come to the school that you had that that moment of like, well, maybe I should give him another chance or maybe it's no, just the wrong choice. No, because I never saw him at school. I wasn't ever like, I think I was told maybe later at home, like, yeah, you know, your dad tried to come get you at school today. Mm. Throughout the years, even to this day, a week ago, I ran into him. Oh my God. Yeah. What? He still yeah. lives here. We would have to get restraining orders against him when I was in high mm. school because he would drive by the house and Ugh. he'd like drive by places so it's at this point it's like mm, maybe once every five years i'll run into him and is he the same loser sorry I, I, I wanna, <laughs> i'm like i don't know what to call this guy because i want to call i him. don't know because i i won't have any contact with him he i mean I, I, he's older now he's gained weight so i'm assuming he's not still an addict mm-hmm. but the minute i see him i know it's him mm. it's weird because it it has been oh my god i was 12 i'm 31 now been a long time but i can still it's weird because you know when people when people are older they they age different mm-hmm. when you're old so um but it's weird that i know exactly that that's him you went to live with your best friend and yeah them, and the, were they the ones that eventually adopted you they were that's awesome yeah that's amazing so how old were you when you went to live with them as you said it was about six months 12 i was, so like I was thir- still no i think i was still around 12 12 13 12 13 yeah and then how long did it take before you were officially adopted from your... I was adopted when I was 16. Wow. So obviously something happened. Was there a fight put up to, to not allow it or... No, there was never a fight. My dad never did any of the classes the courts told him to. Oh, what? Because oh. he said he said that if he were to do those classes, he would be telling people that he was guilty. Yikes. So he didn't do anything. Mm. Which... But he was the loser. <laughs> yeah, but he was. So yeah, he never did anything. My, you know, my mom never had rights. She lost, yeah. My mom lost her rights when I was a baby. But they were giving her an opportunity. Mm-hmm. If she wanted to decide to be a mother and get me back, she would have to do these classes too. And she was like, nah, I, I, don't, know who, I don't know her. You know, like I'm not going to do that to her. Well, how do you feel about that? I don't care. I never knew her. So I never had that, that mother-daughter connection. Okay. The first time I ever met her was in children's court. Hmm. And I always knew, growing up, I always knew about her and I knew that she really wasn't a good person. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to get out of a bad situation to go live in another bad situation. Oh, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah. And you're old enough to like have that regional thought. Like Zandy, who has the worst relationship with her mom, Uh like negative emotions and anchors all around, still says that she misses her. And like, it's this idea, like there's something there for her that... Oh, if there's I, a connection that's like, I mean, um, maybe blood or like something. I mean, her mom neglected her. Yeah. So there's something like she 
strives to connect with her birth mom, even though. I think that's very normal. I pretty much have seen a therapist my whole life. Mm -hmm. Good for you. We love therapists. Even if it's just to go to vet and be like, you know, this this girl, I don't like her. And just validation, I guess, maybe. Um, And when do you go to your your forever family, your mom and dad for actually like realizing like this is what she needs. Like that's awesome too. Yeah. So uh, even, you know, she was telling me something about babies and parents there's just something that happens connection wise mm-hmm. that if you don't have that, you usually you usually won't get it when you're an adult, when you're older, which is why I don't have that connection with my mom because I never had it. Right. So it's like kind of like imprinting. That makes kind of like imprinting. No, it does. I mean, it's interesting because uh, with my three kids, Bella's the one who misses her birth parents the most. My other two, even though Tony's only about 11 months younger than her, no desire to ever see his birth father, his birth mother. The younger one is very angry at the birth mom and blames her for everything that's happened to them mm-hmm. and never met the birth dad. So she's like, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see like where the ages can kind of finick with the kids. It sounds like you also don't want to see your birth dad anymore, but are there times where you're like, miss him or? You know, I don't want to see him because it gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. why I started Croft. Because when I would even run across somebody on the street that even remotely resembled even his hair, I would get anxiety. So I started Krav because I didn't want to always be looking over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So since starting that, I don't look over my shoulder anymore. But when I ran into him a week ago, it gave me anxiety. But I wasn't scared because I couldn't protect myself. It wasn't because I was scared. It was just because I was running into somebody from my past that wasn't good to me. Well, and even if it subconsciously, like consciously, <clears throat> you know that your body remembers it. So yeah. the minute that you're made contact, your your brain was going like, oh. Danger, run, danger. Run, yeah, yeah, danger. And so just like the all the emotions came up, even if you know consciously like, yeah. I can protect myself. I, it's just your body remembers all these traumas. Yeah, but I mean, even to this day, some, some days, his birthday, mm-hmm. sometimes Father's Day, it just triggers like emotions like, Oh, my dad, Mm -hmm. even though it's not like, oh, I wish, you know, I had a relationship with my dad. Mm -hmm. I wish it's just days like that where you don't really miss the person, but you miss what idea. Yeah. The theory. Yeah. Do you know why it took so long for your adoption? I'm assuming that that was normal. I mean, maybe at the time I can't I can't gauge for that that many years ago. It could have been. It could have been just I mean, the, the whole, amount of kids in the system. It very well could have been. How, it was two years? About three or about four. Three, yeah. yeah. Which, that makes sense. If you're not having anybody contesting. Though, I don't know. My kids, the, I think if I think about it, they were in foster care for almost four well, years. Well, so. I don't think the, he, I don't think he was every, that entire time. We had court all the time. Yeah. Yeah, the girls took three and a half and no one contested. And everyone knew that she couldn't do it because it was a mental disability. So it's kind of like, okay, we got to go through the motions. Because a lot of it's like continuance because we don't have time in court today, even though you scheduled me. Yeah. And the paperwork didn't get in. So there, who knows how many of those things happened. Plus, if mm-hmm. dad did show up, they may be like, well, you oh, he, went, he went to every court. Did he? Yeah, he went to every, um, every court. Um, and I don't think he was... He didn't give up his rights. I think he mm-hmm. wanted to. 
So he wanted his rights. He wanted to still have me, but he didn't want to do what they were telling him to do. Yeah. So it, eventually he lost his rights because he didn't do what they were telling yeah. him to he's do. He's showing up. So if he showed up twice, they're going to give him the yep. opportunity to do it. So that's, that's automatically, that's about one year to 18 months yeah. just with that yeah. alone. So yeah, it probably wasn't average. That sucks that these kids' lives are in limbo for like three or four years. Because just because of, the parent decides to show up, even though they don't right. want to do what they oh, tell no. them to do. We were in the waiting room of the court, right? That soul-sucking, yeah. emotional journey place. And I, we kid you not, we heard a lawyer tell the bio parent, well, you showed up, so that's a good start. And I was oh. like, are you kidding me? Like, Yeesh. they didn't show up for your child's life before they got detained. Like, why is it all of a sudden you show up for court and it's like, Woohoo, gold star. Oh, wow. I get mad. I'm sorry. I'll calm down. With your um your adoptive parents, do you call them mom and dad? I do. How long in till you decided like I want or did you ask them like, can I start calling you mom and dad? Like, or did it just sort of evolve where one day you just started doing it? I think I told when I talked about them, I called them mom and dad before I actually called them mom and dad. Yeah. And I would like go around it. Like I wouldn't even call them their names. Mm -hmm. I would just be like so or yeah. hey <laughs> you look at them and make a loud noise yeah. and go like i'm talking to you yes i yeah. know <laughs> and i don't think it was because you know they had four kids before mm -hmm. um i don't think it was because i was scared to i i guess i was just worried what they would think their mm. kids would think because it wasn't we were it wasn't all peachy with everybody um from the get-go there was oh. there was um there were some people who didn't want me in the family siblings uh-huh mm. So your um, best friend? No. Okay. She was <laughs> probably excited. Like <laughs> twinsies. Like <laughs> um her some of her siblings. And she the where is she in the line of the four? Were there younger ones than you? Yes. So uh -huh. right now, oh, right now sense. I'm smack in the middle. Okay. So two older, two younger. And the younger ones are having the problem. No, the younger no. one, they're uh, way too little. He's like, Oh, another sister. Yeah. Um, the one before me. Older. Uh older before you. Younger. Yeah. Younger. Okay, so there's two, there's one, there's your best friend, there's you, mm -hmm. there's a little boy or a, a girl a, and then a boy. A girl. Okay, got it. So you you got in between yeah. her yeah. and her sister. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. A little jealousy. How old was she at the time that you moved in? Oh, um, well, she's only like a year younger. Oh, so that was really like, like it was cool when yeah, you were she, friends. And she didn't like me when, no, she didn't even like, like me no? when, yeah, when oh, me and, um, so she my was best jealous. friend were friends. I mean, I was kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I was. How are you now? Just curious. I mean, well, are you still an asshole? No. <laughs> I'm a lot. I'm a lot. And actually, the older I'm getting, the way better that I'm getting. Middle school was rough that, mm. because that's when everything, that's when everything kind of, you know, came to head. Yeah. So, you know, I got in trouble at school, but it was weird. The minute I started high school and I became like, um, like a part of this. Uh, I was a cheerleader. So when, it, um, mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, if you get in trouble, you'll get kicked out. And I didn't want to. It was like just a switch for me. Mm. Um, I still, you had something to work for. Yeah. I still always, um, even now, I have an attitude issue sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think it's just because I, oh, I had to be to survive. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very independent, but personality wise, mm -hmm. I'm a lot better than I was. And so her and I now are tight. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We should have her and be like, so how no. was it? You know, Me? Like, here it is. Was there any honeymoon period when you first moved in? Like, oh, this is exciting. An extended sleepover. And then it's sort of like, do you remember the first big argument? No, I don't really remember a first big argument, but it wasn't, it didn't definitely didn't feel like a vacation. Mm. 
you felt like this yeah. was your home? No. Oh, okay. Explain this more. So it yeah, wasn't a vacation, but it wasn't home. Explain that. Yeah. When I mean by vacation, I mean like it wasn't um, like what she was saying, like this. A sleepover, a party. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never really felt home, if that makes if that makes sense. I, I think it was, I don't know. I think maybe because I was older. Mm-hmm. I had, even growing up when I was living with my dad and, and my grandma, I moved from home to home a lot. Mm. So I never felt like, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is just home for now. Or again, I was I was older, so I, I, I didn't feel like, even though they, they took me in mm-hmm. and I was part of the family, I never really felt part of the family. Do you mm. still feel that way? Sometimes. People make comments still. Like, um, like mm-hmm. I said, I'm 31 now. People will make comments like, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for blah blah blah, you wouldn't be a part of this family. Or um, you know, I I used to hate you when you were younger. I didn't want you a part of the family. Or pe- still to this day, people will make comments like that, and I'm like, you know, get over it. Yeah, but your parents never said things like that, did they? Or my mom has once mm-hmm. my my um my best friend back then. Mm-hmm. Her and I aren't close anymore. Like we don't speak. Really? Yeah. Even though you're sisters. Yeah. We like, don't have a we don't have a relationship. Whoa. Um, um that younger sister did some work. Yeah. Because <laughs> now they're tight, but then the best friends are not. She's good. <laughs> She's good. This was some long game she had going on. <laughs> it was a long game. Um it was I think it was like a Thanksgiving or something. I'm in the kitchen doing the dishes and um, my mom said something about my older sister. And I was just like, eh, I, I don't know. And she was like, you know, you should be grateful for her. And I was like, what? Um, it's not like, she, I was like, I told her what was happening. It's not like she walked in and decided, saw something and decided to to tell somebody. Yeah. I came to her yeah. and said, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. She didn't save me. Yeah. And I th- and I think that that's how some of them feel. Mm. You know, it's like or felt or whatever's going on in their mind at that time. Um it's just constantly in the back of their minds like, well, you know, she she helped you. It's like, well, actually I I helped myself because I spoke out. Mhm. Well, why can't everyone just have some credit in all this you know like why does it have to be like oh no it's all one person's it was a team effort people (laughs) like everyone had their role to play yeah do you feel closer to one parent than the other no 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 were you able to have a build a relationship with your dad not the Um, birth one the adoptive one forever dad yeah but it's it's not a relationship that you think like i look at other parents at a other my friends Mm -hmm. that have biological parents that they're close with and i'm just like i don't mine isn't like that oh don't worry not all of yeah. us <laughs> i'm the greatest there either yeah but um yeah i mean we have a relationship it's mm-hmm. it's not like um like a friend relationship like mm-hmm. older adult yeah are with their parents you know do you miss do you miss that do you wish you had that yes and no I, um, I am a very independent person because I always had to be. So mm-hmm. I like having the the independence of just calling up my parents whenever I want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, or, you know, we all live here too. So I mm-hmm. see them all the time. Oh, that's, that's good. It's more than I see mine. And then you said no, because, or yes, or whatever. Well, yes, though, too, because, you know, I, 
I see people with their parents, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. People post pictures with them and their parents. Oh, my mom's the greatest thing ever. Blah, blah, blah. My That's a lie. The greatest thing ever, blah, social blah. media. And yeah. I don't ever feel the need to do that. Yeah. I don't feel the need to do that either. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I have not done that as well. No. So. <laughs> I mean, I miss my family and... I hope that makes you feel a little better knowing yeah. that other people are like, yeah, no, yeah no. I don't post that on my parents. Well, my best friend now, um, her and her mom are so close. Like they do everything together. It's creepy. And, but it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I wish I had something like that. Mm-hmm. To me, their relationship isn't creepy, but I do know somebody else that's really, cl- that was really close with her mom. And that was a little creepy. <laughs> when the mom wants to be the best. So do friend. you want to have kids so that you can have that? Or you like, don't want to have kids because you don't want to fuck You know, up? No, I do. I do want to have kids because I want to do it differently than what I had. I feel like I want to have a family that's mine. Mm. Mm. Does that make sense? Like I want, I want something that's mine that I can do different than what my parents had. Yeah. If that makes sense. Would you consider adoption as part of that process? Oh, I've always wanted to adopt somebody. That's wonderful. I wanted to have... My own, mm-hmm. um, maybe like one in one. Whatever one you give birth to, then you adopt the other kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have a girl, I'll adopt a boy. I said I was going to have biological yeah. and that didn't work. So yeah. whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens. Exactly. Whatever happens, happens. In regards to, to sort of the social workers when you were there, do you feel that through this process they explained enough to you? Or did you feel very sort of on the outskirts of it and everything was happening to you and you were not part of your plan? I felt like I was explained more by my adoptive parents. They Mm. explained a lot to me than the actual social workers did. The social workers were just there to ask questions, make sure I wasn't being abused, make Mm. sure I was happy where I was at, and then that was it. They're in and out pretty quickly. In and out pretty quickly. Okay, okay, great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Check the box, check the box, check the box. Next kid. Yeah. I think my parents asked a lot of questions. I think they were very involved. So um, if I had any questions, they or would they would answer it. They, they explained everything to me. That's great. Yeah. It's nice when they can be so actively involved because kids ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I think especially the older you get, the more scary it gets if you don't know. Yeah. That, that lack of information is terrifying. When you're younger, I think it's easier. Like my friend adopted a kid when he was six months old. Or got him. She didn't need to explain anything. He's six months old. I had no idea what was going on. I think there's a scary moment, though. Like, I feel like between the ages of three and, like, nine is really scary for those holes not to be filled. I think even at your age, it probably was scary when you were like, well, what does it mean? I went to court. My dad came. Now what? What happens to me? Oh, completely. I'm not saying it's not scary. And I just know that, like, my daughters, if you don't tell them something, their imagination runs. Oh, yeah. Like, I just made a comment about court. She immediately was like, what, wait, huh? And I had to tell her, like, no, 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 no. This was for Jackson. This is where we can get services. All is good. Everything is great. Because she hears, she knows her story. So she knows we went to court. So yeah. immediately she went to like, wait, what? What's gonna, am I going to leave? Like she immediately went there mm-hmm. because there was a hole that wasn't filled. Well, like a 12-year-old kind of understands a little bit more of like, okay. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I totally agree with you. When it's still scary as shit. Like, I'm not saying it's not scary. Like, I would not want to be in a police car filled with vomit and urine going, what the hell did I just do yeah. with sexual abuse better than this? Like, that's what would have gone through my head if I was in that backseat of that car. Oh, yeah. To be honest, I, if I had to stay in that home, mm-hmm. 
I probably would have thought that. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't would have been like, should I just go back? Because yeah. that home was that bad. Yeah. Ugh. And I was like, I was the youngest. I was the smallest. Ooh. I was also the only white kid. Not that that really makes a difference, but when you're- It, it does. When you're, yeah. especially when you're in a home with troubled youth, yeah. you're, you're just an like, other. oh my God, am I going to get beat up? The more you or, look like an other, yeah. the harder it is. Yeah. Know? And you are an other in size, race, mm-hmm. you know, and every, yeah. everything, everything. So what's one thing you wish they would have told you or like, like what's one thing you wish you could tell people how, like how to deal with teens in foster care? Be patient. Cause there's there, you know, there's a lot of, they're going to be angry. Um, especially with teenagers, teenagers are more angrier. Oh, they're yeah. a lot angrier than scared. I think, or they're scared, but it portrays as anger. I believe that mm-hmm. totally. It's an easier emotion to explain. And, not even so much with adults, be patient. Other kids, mm. especially the kids that know what you're going through, just try to have a little bit more compassion. You know, be patient with them. Think, okay, they're not mad at me. They're just acting out because of the situation. Yeah. Does your siblings know what was going on? Like, what oh, they- everybody knew. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like- It wasn't a- So even in high school, people knew like, oh, she's in foster care with this girl and- did you try to keep it a secret or were you very open about it? Well, I didn't even have a chance to keep it a secret because everybody, um, my siblings would introduce me as their foster sister. Oh, what a dick move. I'm not, seriously. <laughs> no, but, like, so I didn't even get a chance to keep it a secret. What was your idea of a foster kid? And then now you're one. Like, what was that about? So what did that, did that stereotype, going against that stereotype, how did that make you feel? Um, I just didn't want people to, Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. You can say fuck, shit, damn, hell, Um, whatever. I I didn't want people to think I was, like, fucked up. Mm. Because I think, you know, before I was a foster kid and I would hear foster kids, I'm like, oh, that she's pretty, she's probably pretty fucked up, you know, like mentally. And I didn't want people to think that, you know, I didn't want people to think. They were all a little fucked up. Yeah. You know, I think if people ever really. We're all on the fucked up spectrum. Yeah, but but it, like I said, but you got that taintedness. Yeah, yeah, the word the word foster, mm-hmm. it's just it's just puts that negative energy, if that makes sense. When you were adopted, did you do anything kind of special? Because I, I just have this like scenario in my head where when you're older, sitting like, oh, it's my foster, so you're like, fucker, I'm adopted now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, actually, I was introduced. I was introduced as that to somebody once. Oh, that's my adopted sister. And I'm like, but why did you have to say that? Yeah. Like, what does that, that, that to me, when I hear that, that just to me means to me, like, she's not really my sister. She lives with us. Mm. Is that one of the siblings you're close with or not close with? I'm closer. I'm close to everybody now, except for the, <laughs> the best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now we're all pretty, we're all pretty close. I didn't know if there's any animosities. I feel like also on the other side, there's this idea of like, I adopted. I'm a good person. And people have to like, with low self-esteem especially, have yeah, to like, like pull that like, oh no, she's my adopted sister because we're a good family and yeah. I have great morals. Like I didn't know if it was something she was like pulling herself up. Oh, I don't know. I think that happens a lot even subconsciously. Most of the time I'll be like, oh my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids. And then something will come up where I'm like, I'm going to have to explain now that they're adopted. They'll say, well, remember when they were little like as a baby and they're like, oh, uh-huh. No, I don't. So something will usually come up where I have to to indicate they're adopted. Oh, my way. last name. It's hyphenated. Yeah. 
because I kept my um, my birth last name and my adopted last was name. Was that important to you to keep the birth last name? Um, I think I actually sat there for a minute to think about it. And then I was like, you know, if I change it, people are going to ask questions. So mm. if I just keep it, maybe they'll, they just won't, maybe they won't. No, people fucking ask questions. Yeah. Oh, were you married? No, I was adopted. Oh, okay. Have you thought about changing it now? Oh, when I get married? Hell yeah. Makes so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All goes away. Just one, one last name. Well, let's go on to marriage for a second. How hard has it been with relationships for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, I've been in three serious relationships. Um, my first one was actually pretty serious. Um, it was four years and I didn't even tell him what happened to me until about two years into it. Wow. Mm. Wow. Sexually, it makes it very difficult. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think it's, it's not mental. It's subconscious. It's yeah. just something that, yeah. something that just happens with my body. It, it I shut down. And it, I, like I say, it's not, they don't under, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I can't explain to them enough that, that ruined my second relationship. Wow. But, um, and that's got to add to the pile on of trust issues of, oh, if totally. I tell you, are you going to run away? Exactly. So are you in a relationship now? I am. I'm getting married. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. Congratulations. Congratulations. I love okay. marriage. marriage uh, he already sounds things. amazing because it sounds like you've probably told him and yes. he did not run away. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Have you told him? <laughs> I wedding know. He knows. Okay. He if not, he'll know now. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, yeah. great. Uh, what makes him different? He's very patient. Mm. He's very patient. Um, we're actually very opposite people. He's very low energy. Things don't bother him as easily. But let, let me tell you, though, when he does get mad, he gets mad. Mm. At least with me, I get irritated more often. Mm -hmm. So it that... It it up. And yes. then it explodes like yes. a volcano. Yeah. I used to be like that. Now I'm just a volcano every day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's more low-key. He's like, whatever you want to do. I'm more high energy. And I'm like, um, I have to have things planned out. And yeah. I get irritated more often. But it's just irritation. It's not like... Yeah. Or... So I think we balance each other out. That's great. That's fantastic. I hope you don't mind crying. How did he react when you told him about your past? Again, he was pretty low key. He was just like, he really didn't really know what to say. Mm -hmm. But um, pretty much every single relationship I've told, their their first go-to is if I ever see him, I'm going to kill him. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, that's not going to solve any issues. Yeah. That's just going to make him worse. That's such a guy fixer yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, like, I'm I'm crying on this because my three kids were sexually abused. Okay. I'm so happy that you're in a very loving relationship where you're going to get married, but now I want to know, what do I need to look out for? <laughs> like, what do my kids need to prepare themselves for in revealing? You're going to have to tell them at you some point. You have to tell them at some point. What kind of people are we looking for? What What would be the best response from somebody to you when you tell them this in a relationship? You know? I don't care. Really? Mm-hmm. Meaning as in like, not I don't care as in like, I don't care what happened to you. Yeah. I, I don't care as in lovingly, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't change our doesn't, relationship. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect how I love you. It doesn't affect who you are. Exactly. To me. Exactly. This but is it, you. That doesn't change how I feel about you. That's I'm hard. crying again. So <laughs> <laughs> we want all of that, regardless of sexual abuse or anything, if people to be able to say your past has created matter. you and that's what makes me love you. Like, I love you regardless. Nothing can change what I love you. Yeah. And that's what unconditional love kind of is, is that there's no conditions on that love. Wow. That got the one going. Well, you know, 
my fiance has a has a daughter mm. and she's um she's eight. I I am constantly thinking, like I I, I tell him like please don't lay in bed with her. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. please don't like I I yeah. I know you're not doing anything, but it just makes me feel um better if you just don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? What? And when he respond, he won't. He he'll he'll say okay. Interesting. Yeah. I you know I get it, and it's weird because I don't have sexual abuse in my past, but knowing that my kids did, my kids would react in a way that they didn't know wasn't appropriate. Like yes. my daughters would sit in my husband's lap, and they would kiss him a little too affectionately, and he even realized that he's like, you can't kiss me that way. Like they would try to put their tongue in his mouth. Oh. And he's like, that's not how we kiss. That's not how parents kiss children. This is not what happens. But with one of them, as she started to go through puberty, there were things that I had to pull him aside and just say, look, I know you have the best intentions. I know that this is not what you have in mind. Mm -hmm. But because of what she went through. And her age. And her age, people could get the wrong idea because she doesn't know how to behave in an appropriate response. It's just a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And- that makes sense. People may want to raise red flags or she may interpret it in the wrong way. And I think that for me, that's what it is, is I'm getting, I get red flags mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I know that's not what you mean, but what you're doing or what you mean or, but I, I get red flags because of what I went through. Yeah. Was there a relationship like that before though? Like were they cuddle bugs beforehand or were they just never really? Cause yeah. like that would be interesting for me because yeah. Chris is a cuddle bug and my daughters need that extra touch and stuff. So that would be interesting to be like, okay, you're not allowed. You know, obviously, Chris doesn't give him a bath anymore. Chris doesn't yeah. like. I mean, there's you a certain, know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so it's interesting how like you have to change it for your family. Yeah. Because that would actually probably yeah. hurt my daughters to say that because they'd be like, well, why can't dad cuddle with me anymore? Why can't they? You but there know? is there is that transition. Like the last time I saw my son's penis, he was eight. You know, and I was like, I feel like this is a oh, man completely. thing now. Like, yeah. I, I don't feel like completely. I should do this, which makes me very concerned because I feel like it was very small and I don't know if it's gotten bigger and I don't know how to ask him, like, <laughs> is, is your, your penis, penis bigger? Big? Like, has it grown? <laughs> I don't want to see you have to it. ask your husband. I have, yeah. I like, have no you... basis on this because Jackson's <laughs> hung like a horse. So, you know, it won't, it'll just... be small compared to Jackson. Yeah. So I, I can't help you. Like, I've never seen, I've only seen my adult daughter nude a couple times because when we got them, they didn't know how to bathe themselves. There were things where I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to have to go in there. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to have to and show them. Show them. Because I tried to do it over. Like, we did it in the pool. I was like, guys, like this, you know, over bathing suits. Like, you bathe like this. They didn't get it. So I had to go in and kind of show them. And then the younger one actually wanted to be bathed. But she was six. And I felt like that's still kind of okay. Well, and you're a female. Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. fine. Like, Bobby never bathed her. Yeah. It was a little awkward. It was really awkward for me. I, I didn't have a good time with that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's the thing is, you know, when I, I think about when I have kids, I'm just like, wow, am I going to be, am I going to act like that with, with him, with mm. our, with our, if we have a daughter, like, you know, I think I'll we, wipe her today or yeah. mm, I'll give her a bath. So I don't know. I'm going to have to that's, that's go therapy, through. That's therapy, hanging in with you. It'll put yep. communication yep. with him and like these may come up and this may yep. happen. But so. I mean, it's normal because I remember my daughter's like, I have some burning issues in my, that's when I found oh, out they okay. didn't know how to use the bathroom properly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it's like, he's like, you're going to have to look. I said, what does looking mean? Yeah. He's like, I think she's going to have to take off her underwear and you're going to have to look. Oh dear God. <laughs> yeah. 
So it was very quick. I was like, yep, it's a rash. All right. So I'm going to, you put your stuff on. We're going to talk about hygiene, mm-hmm. but it's terrifying. It really is. And I never wanted to make them feel uncomfortable, which yeah. I think is absolutely the case. They don't feel uncomfortable because my youngest will still try to walk around their top off, even though she's developing. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to put some clothes on. But it's one of those things where you're so heightened mm-hmm. and you're so aware and you're, it's like prickly, like things start to prickle and you're like, yeah. yeah, I feel like he had uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, Jackson's still like he's four, but he's two, and I'm like, do I go by his physical age? Or do I go by his? I think you're gonna start going by the physical. Age? <laughs> it's gonna be well, he's yeah. it's gonna be prickly thing, and then yeah. one day it's gonna be like, yeah. nope, yeah. this is the day that we don't do this anymore. Yeah, like, I feel like it's gonna be different for every family. It, it really is. I think there's a moment where you just kind of go, ah, uh, that's over. And so I, I bet when you 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 have if you have a daughter. When she's a baby, there are things that are going to be fine. And yeah. there's things that are going to be like, she's a baby. She needs somebody to watch her. I am tired. I have been up all night. Fine. Bathe her, whatever. Yeah. I think it's when when they're older. When it's like, mm, you know, laying in bed with her, sleeping in the same bed with her. It's inappropriate. That kind of thing, you know? Like, she, yeah, she can bathe herself now. Yeah. She's older. But I get when they're younger and they don't know how. Yeah. And they can't. Do. That you're just gonna have to, but yeah. so our favorite question is what would you have wished someone had told you, or what would you want to tell another foster kid? What advice would I give them? You knew you were gonna tell. Yes. You knew it a very quickly that you weren't going home. Yes. What do you wish you had known before you had even started that? Don't wait so long, first of all. Wow. It's all worth it. I do I do wish I would have said something sooner. But at the same time, I didn't really know sooner that it yeah. was wrong. So pack, pack a bag, <laughs> bring, bring your oh, shit no. with you. Um, what do you want foster parents to know about uh, adopting older kids? Oh, it's, it's not easy. Like it's no matter what age, six months, mm-hmm. 12 years, there, it's not, one age is not easier than the other. You're going to have to have more patience with older ones for mm-hmm. sure. Try to make them as part of your family as possible. Watch what you say. I remember many years ago when I first met you and we were talking about this, you said, are they in therapy? And I went, yeah. And you're like, they're going to be forever. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And you're like, it's, it's just, they're going to need it. They're going to be in therapy. And that's always what the one thing that I wish people had told us is put your kids in therapy right away. Yeah. Get them in there because they're going to need it. Even now, you know, when I go to therapy now, it's very different mm-hmm. than when I was in therapy back then. But I think everybody should be in therapy. Mm-hmm. We're all messed up. I think it's great. Yeah. Even if it's you're going to therapy to talk about something good that happened, at least you're talking, yeah. you know, and you're not keeping and you're talking to a professional. You know, I'm going to ask you to do something. My daughter is now 13. She does not want to do therapy. She does not want to talk to anyone. She doesn't want to trust anyone. As a person who's been in a similar situation, mm-hmm. what would you say to her to help her heal as a person? She needs to find some coping mechanisms. Is she very angry? She is. Her coping, unfortunately, right now is food. She's been diagnosed pretty bulimic. We cannot uh, use that as her coping mechanism. Yeah. It's, an it's unhealthy not healthy. Coping mechanism. Yeah. It's very yeah. unhealthy. Basic, so if you don't want to go to therapy, find find somebody you can talk to. Find somebody you can trust, somebody you can confide in. Find a hobby that you really like to enjoy, if you like to read, if you like to do yoga, mm-hmm. um, meditate, something, draw, something, if so that when you're feeling that anger or that anxiety, keep yourself busy. Keeping mm. yourself busy doing something that you love has really helped, really helped. 
So I'm going to not go home now. I'm going to just go do comedy all the time. <laughs> I never return home. <laughs> I'm going to nap. Do you think that this experience in some way, if you look back, has shaped you in a positive way? Oh, totally. The independence that, you know, that I got, um, you know, I started working when I was 15. I never stopped um, because I, I knew that I needed to take care of myself, that I couldn't trust anybody. I couldn't trust anybody to take care of me. The independence that I got, um, thank God, because thank God I never ended up being lazy. I didn't get, I didn't get any of my, my parents, um, addiction. Yeah. Nothing. Or even their, their lack of what's the word I'm looking for. Drive Um, motivation. Yeah. Mm. I didn't get any of that luckily. So my motivation was to do not be like your parents. I think if I never said anything and I ended up living with my dad forever, I probably would be homeless. I probably would have kids that either lived with me and I was on welfare or were in the foster system. So you'd, you're you're a success story. You've managed you to broke the cycle. break the cycle. Yep. By using your voice to yeah. speak up. Yep. Exactly. So congratulations on that Thank because you. not a lot of people do, and that's tough. That takes a lot of inner strength. It takes a lot of self actualization and self realization. I think to be as strong as independent as you are, you have to also see that there are kind of inherited weaknesses yeah. and traps you can fall into. Yeah. And to admit that you have a weakness is what ultimately makes you stronger as a person. Yeah. Good for you. So hopefully all foster kids will think, do not be like your parents. <laughs> True. And strive. So awesome. for the, your last word to these foster teens, what would it be? It does get better. It does get better. Hang on. It will get better. All right. You heard it. And I hope that inspires you through the week. Thank you, Thank Cassie, you. so much. You're an amazing Thank woman. You. Thanks, guys. I know. I cried a couple of times. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on everything. Thank you. Success and- Way to be you. I'm glad you're you because yeah. I like it. Thanks. Thank you to Atlas Oceanic Sound and Picture for letting us use this amazing studio. We appreciate it greatly. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com.